Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb, and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors joining us on this beautiful day which the Lord has made and given to us. Uh, this day where there's many wonderful things going on. We have uh, the baptism of Elena Jolie Carpenter this morning. We're also in the first Sunday in Lent, and it's just so very fitting because today we hear of how Jesus uh, defeated the devil in his temptations in the wilderness and how he gives that victory to us in his word and sacraments, which includes this very special thing that we have today before us, the gift of holy baptism. Uh, so before we get into the service proper, I'll actually turn your attention to the back of the bulletin where we have a section of Luther's small catechism as we're following our midweek school students through their memory work and also very fitting today is the sacrament of baptism. So we will proceed as we have been. What benefits does baptism give? It works forgiveness of sins, rescues from death and the devil, and gives eternal salvation to all who believe this as the words and promises of God declare. Which are these words and promises of God? Christ our Lord says in the last chapter of Mark, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. We rejoice that God gives us this great gift whereby we receive everything Christ accomplished for us on the cross. I'll turn your attention to the inside of the back cover of the bulletin where we have that focused on Christ section, our summary of the readings for the day. In the garden, man exalts himself to be a god in place of God. He succumbs to the temptation of the devil, and eating of the forbidden fruit receives death. But in this sin-cursed wilderness, God humbles himself to become man in place of man. He does not eat but fasts and bears the onslaughts of the devil for us that we may be restored to life. Jesus stands as David in our place to do battle against the Goliath, Satan. Though outwardly Jesus appears weak, yet he comes in the name of the Lord of hosts. He draws from the five smooth stones of the books of Moses and slings the word of God. The stone sinks into the forehead and the enemy falls. In Christ we are victorious over the devil. Let us therefore not receive the grace of God in vain, but seeing that we have a great high priest, let us come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain help in time of need. And as we do receive the Lord's gifts this day, uh, one of the chief among them is his body and his blood, which he gives to us in and under bread and wine. And he bids us to be in unity about our confession as Christians, not just concerning the sacrament, but the whole of what it is that we confess as Christians. Therefore, all those coming to the altar this day to the receive the Lord's body and blood, we ask be members either of this congregation or of a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, joining us in that one orthodox confession of the Christian faith. If you are not a member of our congregation or a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, we do ask that you refrain from receiving the Lord's Supper this day, but you may receive a blessing if you come forward and make the following sign, and then I'll be happy to give you a blessing uh, at the rail. Our service this day is Divine Service Setting 3 as it begins on page 184. We now sing the first hymn. O oh Lord, mercifully hear our prayer, and stretch forth the right hand of your majesty to defend us from those that rise up against us. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
The Old Testament reading for the first Sunday in Lent is from Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground, for out of it you are taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The man called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all the living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins, and clothed them. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Working together with him, then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, In a favorable time I listened to you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We put no obstacle in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, we are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and yet behold, we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing everything. 
This is the word of the Lord. Please stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fourth chapter. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory, and he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Satan, hear this proclamation, I am baptized into Christ. Drop your ugly accusation, I am not so soon enticed. Now that to the font I've traveled, all your might has come unraveled. And against your tyranny, God, my Lord, unites with me. On this first Sunday in Lent, we hear of the temptation and fall of Adam in the garden, and the temptation and victory of Christ in the wilderness. These appointed texts are fitting for the first Sunday in Lent and for a baptism day. Today, before your eyes, Christ Jesus claimed another saint as his own and beat back Satan and his evil schemes. Elena Jolie's name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and she has been added to that great glad host of Christ's church. As we heard St. Paul say in the epistle, Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. In baptism, God chooses us as his. It is his act. And apart from his saving actions, We would be doomed to hell. As we confess in the baptism liturgy, the word of God also teaches that we are all conceived and born sinful and under the power of the devil until Christ claims us as his own. We would be lost forever unless delivered from sin, death, and everlasting condemnation. Thanks and praise be to the Father of all mercy and grace, who sent his Son, Jesus Christ, to atone for the sin of the whole world, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So it is also on this first Sunday in Lent that we receive a timely reminder. We are at war. While there is no lack of political enemies both in and outside the United States, those are not the enemies I'm talking about. The enemy set against you, dear Christians, is far more fearsome than any unscrupulous politician, woke communist, or tyrannical regime. Our chief enemy is the father of lies the author of evil who stands behind the evil acts of men, Satan himself. Today we will study the tactics of the old evil foe, rejoice in the victory that we have over him in Christ Jesus, 
And pray the Holy Spirit to grant us wisdom and strength to stand against the evil plans and purposes of the devil. So, let's get going. In a war, it's good to know your enemy, who he is, how he ticks, what he's after. In both the Old Testament and Gospel readings, we get a good look at our enemy, the devil. We see him for who he truly is. We learn what he's after and how he goes about getting it. In Genesis 3, the devil came to our first parents in a rather beguiling form, that of a serpent. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? In these brief words, we learn much. Satan is cunning and wily. He is a slick trickster. The very first words of his recorded in scripture are all about doubt. He comes to Eve to cast doubt and suspicion on God's character and on God's word. Satan knows he can't defeat God. He's been cast down, so he comes after those made in God's image. Eve, to her credit, seeks to correct him, saying, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. Well, since the devil has her speaking and reasoning with him, he goes in for the strike. You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. The deadly payload is delivered. Satan's temptation presents the idea that somehow God was holding out on Adam and Eve. The idea that God should not and could not be trusted. Dear saints, it is so easy for us to criticize Adam and Eve, but we are no better. The apple does not fall far from the tree. We are indeed the offspring of sinners and bear their original sin. Clearly, Satan is a terrible and formidable foe, one that we cannot defeat. Now, did you notice his tactics? Cast doubt on God and his word. Twist the truth to suit your own ends. And just what is the devil after? Your eternal death and damnation. He wants you and all humanity in hell with him. A closer examination of what followed after the eating of that forbidden fruit reveals just how dark and devastating this event was. Adam and Eve, who once shared joyful, holy, face-to-face fellowship with God himself, now hide from him for fear of judgment. And who do they hide with? Not just each other. Oh, no, dear saints. They hide with Satan. They're in the camp of the enemy himself, allied with Satan as enemies of God. The Lord God's call to Adam, because Adam is the head, he is the one who is responsible, is a call to repentance. But instead of owning up to his sin and failure, Adam makes excuses. He attempts to justify himself. Adam's excuses reveal what God already knows. Adam and Eve are filled with shame and fear, but this fear is not the holy fear that comes with faith, but fear of judgment leading to death. When God calls Adam to account, who does he blame? Everyone but himself. The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree and I ate. The score is Satan 1, Adam 0. When God calls Eve to account, she has no one else to blame but the devil. The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. You see, Satan was not totally wrong in his words to Eve. Adam and Eve did learn of evil by becoming evil. The score is Satan 2, Eve 0. So far, it looks like Satan and his arsenal of lies and trickery is unbeatable. But even at the fall of man, the Lord God gets the last word. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you've done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. 
I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Notice that because Adam and Eve made themselves enemies of God, the Lord had to put enmity between Satan and Adam and Eve. God's curse to Satan is a blessed promise to us, the first gospel promise that one day the seed of Eve will be born who will bruise and indeed crush the head of Satan. Take note, we cannot stand against the devil on our own. Apart from God's protection and his provision, we would be lost. The Old Testament reading ends with the Lord God clothing Adam and Eve with animal skins. This was Adam and Eve's first lesson that a sacrifice must be made in order to cover their nakedness, shame, and sin, and that it will be God who will do so. Fast forward some five to 6,000 years, and we come to the gospel text for the, for the day, the temptation of Christ. The promised seed of Eve has been born of the Virgin Mary. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. He's just come up from the Jordan after being baptized by John and hearing that blessed proclamation of the Father, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Immediately following his baptism, we read then that Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. This was a divinely arranged battle. Jesus, being true God and true man, had come to do what Adam failed to do, to withstand the devil's temptations and remain faithful. And just how does our Lord fare against the old evil foe? Well, you know very well. In each of the devil's temptations, Jesus came out on top. God be praised. But notice the devil's tactics. The first two temptations began with these words. If you are the son of God, just like Adam in in the garden, the devil is calling into question God's word and God's character. Now, in the first temptation, Satan names a Jesus flesh, saying, If you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. St. Matthew tells us that after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus was hungry. I don't think we can imagine the level of hunger and physical stress our Lord was under. Now, he's miraculously preserved in his body through this trial, but being true God and true man, his hunger would have been incredible. In addition to Jesus' hunger, Satan targets the heart and character of God just as he did with Adam, if you are the Son of God. In other words, some father you have, Jesus leading you out in the wilderness with no food. He cannot be that pleased with you. Take matters into your own hands, son of God. Feed your belly by turning these stones to bread. In response, our Lord shuts Satan down by quoting Holy Scripture. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. In the second temptation, Satan catches on to Jesus' strategy and quotes Scripture himself while omitting key words. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Satan leaves out the following. To guard you in all your ways. Whose way? God's way. The Lord God promises to guard and keep us in his ways, not whichever way we think is best. He is God. We are not. So the devil twists God's word to suit his own ends. He did it in the garden with Eve, he tried it with Jesus, and he does the same thing to us today. Thankfully, Jesus saw right through the deception and responded faithfully, saying, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Finally, Satan attempts the Lord in a way which seems desperate, quite frankly. Nevertheless, we would have fallen. The devil shows Jesus the kingdoms of the world in an instant, saying, All these I will give you if you fall down and worship me. 
The temptation here is about victory without sacrifice. No pain and all gain. Jesus has proven he trusts his Father absolutely. He is in body and soul perfectly submitted to the will of his Father. Folks, the devil cannot give away what is not his. And he reveals what his heart's desire is as well. To be worshipped. Like the two times before it, this temptation fails. Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to Jesus. Now, our revisiting of the text this morning is not without purpose. We see who Satan is, how he ticks, what he's after. The devil is a murderer and a father, the father of lies. He has no power to create, only power to corrupt and to tempt. Nevertheless, we would be lost without Christ Jesus. Thanks be to God for his victory over the devil, not just in the wilderness, but upon the cross. On the cross, the promised seed of Eve bore our sin and our shame in his body, in his flesh, and he crushed the head of the serpent and freed us from his evil tyranny. The devil who had overcome Adam by the tree in the garden was overcome by Jesus, the second Adam, by the tree of the cross. Now the forgiveness, life, and salvation which was purchased with the holy, precious blood of Christ is delivered to us, to you, in his word and sacraments. A special focus today is the sacrament of holy baptism. Elena Jolie received Christ's gifts just minutes ago, just as you did when you were baptized. God be praised for his mercy towards sinners. But nevertheless, we must remember that at every mention of Christ's victory and every occasion where Jesus gives out his gifts, the devil will be found slithering around. When we hear God's pure word and promise from the devil's forked tongue, we hear, did God actually say? Our response is the truth we confessed earlier from the catechism. What benefits does baptism give? It works forgiveness of sin, rescues from death and the devil, and gives eternal salvation to all who believe this as the words and promises of God declare. Which are these words and promises of God? Christ our Lord says in the last chapter of Mark, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. But dear saints, the devil's assaults, they don't stop with attacking God's word and sacraments, not the least. We're harassed every day at every turn. The devil knows that he cannot snatch us out of God's almighty hand, but he can tempt us to walk away from Christ in unbelief. The old evil foe knows our sinful nature clings to us until the day we return to dust. Our sinful nature, it's kind of like having a traitor living inside you. Knowing our weakness, he exploits it. How? With lies and deception. He tries to convince us that evil is good and good is evil, that up is down and down is up. This is clearly seen today when confused and perverse men desire to be women and vice versa. In our country, the murder of the unborn and marring of women's bodies is called health care and reproductive rights. Parents are told they have no right to control their children's education despite the fact that God literally gave those children to them along with the responsibility of educating them. All manner of ungodliness is glorified, lying, greed, lust of every kind, sensuality, idolatry. Meanwhile, things which are objectively good, true, and beautiful are denigrated. If you want to know the recent example, just look at the He Gets Us commercials from the Super Bowl. Yes, absolutely, we are to love our neighbors, no question. However, that does not mean that we ignore sin, and we certainly don't praise sin in the name of political correctness. Jesus called sinners to repentance. He forgave those that repented, and then he said, go and sin no more. 
Jesus died on the cross and rose from death to set us free from sin, not to make sin acceptable. The devil tempts us to reject repentance and to reject anyone who calls sin what it is. But why? Why does Satan do this? Because he wants sinners in hell with him, plain and simple. None of this is new, folks. The devil tries to dupe us with the same lie he fed to our first parents and threw at Jesus. The lie that God does not have our best interests in mind and that God is a selfish old tyrant who wants us under his thumb. And time and time again, we fall for it. So what's the answer? Repent. Turn away from the devil's lies and your sins. Remember you are God's baptized child. Confess your sins and receive Christ's absolution, which is for you. And don't let the devil deceive you into believing that God will not or does not forgive you for the sake of Christ. Jesus is a better Savior than you are a sinner. As he said from the cross, it is finished, accomplished, fulfilled. Therefore, repent and rest in Christ's mercy and grace. 2,000 years ago, your forgiveness and salvation were bought with the holy, precious blood and innocent suffering and death of Jesus. And those gifts of Christ's cross are still being given out today. Christ's word is life. Christ's baptism is a cleansing of sin and shame which joins you to himself and makes you God's own child. Christ's holy supper is his resurrected body and blood given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. It overcomes the devil and it opens the grave. In his gifts, Jesus gives you victory over all of your enemies. So when you are tempted, remember Christ's victory for you in the wilderness, on the cross, and on Easter. Remember your baptism and make these words your prayer. Satan, hear this proclamation. I am baptized into Christ. Drop your ugly accusation. I am not so soon enticed. Now that to the font I've traveled, all your might has come unraveled. And against your tyranny, God, my Lord, unites with me. In the name of Jesus, amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord For deliverance, that the Lord Most High would be our dwelling place and refuge against every evil and plague, and that by the work of the Holy Spirit we might be satisfied with his salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For those called to minister by Christ's command, that they may stand against the devil with the weapons of righteousness, as Christ did when he overcame Satan in the wilderness, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all catechumens and their teachers, all children and their parents, and every Christian home, that God would preserve them from the assaults of the evil one, and as Christ overcame Satan in the desert by the word of God, give them the victory through him and his word, let us pray to the Lord. For Elena, Jolie, and all the baptized, that having been delivered from the devil, we would ever abide in the refuge and fortress of Christ Jesus, who has crushed our enemies underfoot. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord For knowledge of God's almighty power, which surpasses every perceived might of man, let us pray to the Lord. Lord For wise and faithful leaders who will work to preserve freedom and promote its use for noble purposes, let us pray to the Lord. For all in positions of authority or influence, that these would not be used toward violence or wicked ends, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those troubled in mind or body, the dying and those who grieve, 
We especially pray for John Mishlick, Earl Brandt, Pat Taney, Norma Horine, Charlotte Locke, Bob Rash, Chuck Lichty, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips. Then in their afflictions and pain, the Lord would sustain and heal them according to his will and deliver them at last to everlasting life. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For worthy reception of the fruit of the cross this day, that through Christ's death we may walk the path to paradise, receiving forgiveness, life, and salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord God, Heavenly Father, see how the adversary continually afflicts us and walks about as a roaring lion seeking to devour us. We implore you for the sake of the suffering and death of your Son, Jesus Christ, to help us by the grace of the Holy Spirit and to strengthen our hearts by your word, that our enemy would not prevail over us, but instead that we may abide evermore in your grace and be preserved to life everlasting. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Well, we do have great joy this day as we celebrate uh, Elena Jolie's baptism. We give thanks to God for the victory that he has given to us in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Uh, we have quite a uh, lengthy list of announcements there in terms of things going on this week, so I'll commend that to you. Just want to highlight uh, Sunday school and Bible study immediately following worship. And then this evening from 5 to 7 p.m., we have our sweetheart dinner fundraiser uh, for our high school youth uh, that are going to hire things later on this summer. So we do hope that you're able to join us for that. Uh, Lenten devotion books are available back in the narthex and also on the glass case. Uh, do pick those up. Uh, they have a little purple uh, cover on there and the picture that says, Be Gracious to Me, uh, of Jesus' uh, death on the cross for us. So do pick those up. And then also a preemptive thanks to the Trinity Women's Group, who's going to be serving Lenten meals again this year. Um, that's going to be uh, after our catechism classes and midweek classes and then before our 545 Lenten Vespers as we go throughout this season. Um, anything that I may have missed? Otherwise, God's peace be with you. I will uh, greet you at the door.